Hey everyone, welcome back to The Great Indoors. Coming up is part two of our conversation with Briar Colbert. And if you haven't already listened to part one, go back and catch up. I'll wait. In this episode, we discuss emotional awareness and ways we can learn to navigate this valuable part of ourselves. Briar also shares thoughts on how we can work on our emotions during isolation. Spoiler alert, screaming in your car is okay. Thanks for listening. What are some ways um, to kind of like recognize that emotion? I know um, practicing that kind of verbal, I'm feeling sad right now. And then I know that you, a helpful thing you just mentioned was like um, thinking, how does, how do I, how does my body feel about that? Like yeah. what, what energy is present with that emotion? Um, yeah. Is there another way? Can you like journal or like maybe write out the questions for, I don't know, somebody who might be more of a visual learner? Um, oh, are there different strategies for kind of recognizing this is what I'm feeling and then self-care follows that and then you can kind of be logical is that this the process that you work with usually yeah so totally like first thing first we need to have awareness we need to know what emotion is, is present in our body and for a lot of us that can be a really um challenging thing like a lot of us don't have a ton of emotional fluency right if we think of the language of emotions you know, we've learned all of these words to help us communicate in English or whatever language we're being raised with in, in our culture. A lot of us haven't been given a ton of emotional education. I didn't know about you, but I, you know, our, my family, my my schooling, my community, there wasn't a ton of time spent on this is how we navigate an emotion in a really helpful way, yeah. right? A lot of us were kind of told to, like, shut down quite a bit of our emotions. Yeah. And a lot of us were told, like, these emotions are okay, these emotions are not okay. Mm. So what you're talking about, Katina, is be- like, that's, it's beautiful and it's brilliant to recognize that that beginning piece of identifying what emotion I'm sitting with, or emotions, because there could be lots of ones, can be a really challenging place for some people. So if that's a sticky spot for anyone that's listening to this, just keep practicing that step along the way. There's no, it's not appropriate to try and be self-caring, something that you don't even know what's happening. Right. right? Like, if you don't know what's happening, how can you help yourself? Mm-hmm. Great so point. start practicing with the awareness piece first. So that's helping to build up our vocabulary, our vocab, right? Like getting um, a, a resource that I offer, and Katina knows about it, but you can work with an emotion wheel. So just going on your internet search engine and typing in emotion wheel and getting an image and then printing that out or saving it on your phone. And once a day, just going to this emotion wheel and learning new words to describe the emotions that maybe you felt that day. I have a funny story about the emotion wheel. Yeah. Um, so you, part of your work, I guess, right now is you did a Zoom meeting with folks talking about emotional awareness, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I was half there for that. I was kind of in another Zoom meeting at my desk right behind you. Tina was in my office using my internet um, on the Zoom call with you. 
And when you uh, pulled out the emotion wheel on your uh, slide or something, I tapped Tina on the shoulder and opened my drawer and pulled out my <laughs> printed copy of that exact same emotion wheel. <laughs> And said, here, here, I have it, I have it. Because I, I had it on my wall in my office for a while, partly for myself, but then I, I have used it with uh, in a grief counseling with a student who just didn't know didn't know how to talk about their loss, didn't know how to talk. Yeah. Uh, and so I pointed, like, do these sound familiar? Do, do, do these feel familiar, these emotions? Um, yeah, the emotion wheel is a great tool. And I've, I think I've probably seen it before, but never looked at it closely. Mm-hmm. So I want to explore that more. That's kind of yeah. my, that was my take, one of my takeaways from last week as well. That's awesome. I like how it goes yeah. from the from the big emotion in the middle, and then there's yeah. like, I don't know if the word is bifurcation, but sort of divisions of that feeling. Totally. Right, and then yeah. even, then there's the third layer that's even more. I don't know if that, those are more acute out there um but they just those the different layers really resonate with me of yeah. oh okay disappointed is on here and yeah. uh, or despair or excitement or totally yeah and you know and what kind of um broader spectrum of emotions does that maybe fall under mm-hmm. if especially if we've never really heard many of those words used or we haven't used them in our own life, so we don't know them yet personally. We just that can help us um, when we pare it down, or when we when we zoom in to like, oh, what is despair related to? Or despair is related to sadness, right? Yeah. Or what is excitement related to? Excitement is related to happiness, right? Like most of us know happy, sad, angry. Most of us know those ones in our bodies and personally, <laughs> right? We're just trying to build up our language. So that this can this part of us because our emotions are so valuable, right? Like our emotional part of us is what helps us experience life in such a deep and intimate and vibrant way, right? So if we shut off that part of us, or if that part of us is limited by extension, that means your experience of life is, is could be limited in some way. So that's the bigger picture when we pull out the lens here of like how I believe this work is important mm. is because I believe that it's helping us connect with more of ourselves, which by extension helps us connect with more of life. And most people, when they're coming into therapy, one of their big goals is, right, like, I want to, I want to be happier. I want to feel more alive. I want to feel connected to my people and to my work. Like, I want to feel connected to myself and authentic and true. Okay, that means... Let's get let's get better at feeling and navigating your emotions. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I I have a I have a uh, dealing with my own emotional um, uh, blockages or history or whatever because I'd say I really identify with what you just said about somebody coming into therapy saying I want to feel more connected and feel better about myself, better about my life, and. Um, you know, feel uh, the the joie de vie kind of thing. Exactly. Well, my my sort of I don't know if this is a, if it's a good theory or not, but I wonder if like if some of that is maybe constructed by a romanticism about what life can be, and like the, the I think we're surrounded by all kinds of messages of you can be 
I, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder historically, like where that pursuit of some sort of feeling of fulfillment, when that sort of began to emerge historically, and mm-hmm. if that's something that's rather new, where we, you know, maybe it's because our vocabulary is increased that we start to realize that there are words that seem to be out there but don't seem to describe anything I've ever felt or uh, has ever been sustained and so if those moments of happiness that we feel and seasons maybe seasons is a good concept to bring into this but um, there are seasons where I I, I had a great summer I had a great season at work in the last six months but then the next three years are going to be sort of flat and I'm going to take yeah. a few hits and it's not going to, yeah. it's not going to feel like I'm in the, in the zone, yeah. but then maybe I get another six months in the zone or two months in the zone. Um, so like, I don't know if there's a question there, but it's just something I kind of think about of, is it possible to always be on or always be in the zone? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of beautiful wisdom in what you shared, Zach. I think, um, I think sometimes, like in part of what I heard, a little bit maybe of what you were saying, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think sometimes we believe that our emotions are solely dictated by our external circumstances. By our, oh, sorry, just I think you cut out there. Our emotions are yeah. solely dictated by our external, external circumstances. circumstances. Okay. Mm. I think yeah. some of us have, um, you know, inherited this belief that, well, I can't control if I'm angry. Like that person said something really hurtful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yes, our emotions are a result of a stimulus in our environment. Mm-hmm. And where I see a level of healthy adult accountability and responsibility, because that's the kind of adult that I want to be, I now see, yes, there was a stimulus. Now that anger, though, that anger is mine. That anger is, is my choice, how I move through it, and, if appropriate, how I express it outside of myself. And I think, like, what you were saying about, like, different seasons of life, I think sometimes we can get caught up in, oh, well, this is a really challenging season of life, and and I don't necessarily know how to cultivate any other kinds of feelings in myself besides challenging feelings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And I'm not saying this to deny how there are there are seasons of life that are really hard we're in one collectively and globally right now that's really hard for a lot of us Mm -hmm. and that's true and that's real and there are other ways of working with our emotions that at times can be appropriate this might not always be an appropriate strategy to try and cultivate an emotion within myself that feels easy or feels pleasurable or feels joyful, that might not always be appropriate. However, I think we do live in a culture and a society that greatly values, like, pain, right? And, like, your guts and your glory. Like, that's that's what's talked about and, like, how hard did you have to work to get where you are or or whatever the language. Right. And And it's remembering, like, oh, wow, that's one that's one way, of course. And if that's working for you, great, keep going. And 
what would it be like to learn in softness and to learn in pleasure and comfort? Again, it's one way. It's, it might not work for everyone all of the time. I don't think anything works for everyone all of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just a new idea. It's a new space to play in, maybe. Wow. And I again, like you, what you what you were sharing with speaks to like so many beautiful things, and like yeah, there's so that's like a whole other conversation we could have of like just historically and some of the ways that have happened in our history and maybe how religion or spiritual teachings could weave into that, right? Like, yeah. There's a lot of layers to what you shared, which was neat. <laughs> well, we could we could definitely have more phone conversations like this, but um, I want to switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, and ask more of a, um, just a question for people who are listening or who know people, people who are listening who know people. Like this, I just want you to try and share some wisdom with us here because one thing that I'm realizing in dealing in talking with people at all is that our typical ways of processing life, either when it's with others, so getting together for a coffee or a beer with a friend, or going and seeing your therapist, or going to your like massage therapist, or Totally. Uh, yoga class. Or, yoga class, going yeah. to the gym, all of our ways of like, uh, all of our typical ways of our outlets, right? The gym yeah. was so important to me before yeah. COVID hit and then the gym closed. And I've been like two weeks of, oh, I got to get up and do some push ups. And I hate doing push ups. I hate yeah. doing, I hate running. I'd rather go lift yeah. heavy weight at the gym and just get it out yeah. that way. I can't totally. do that anymore, Briar. Yeah. And I don't even have that that much like t- turmoil in my life, but for people who maybe uh live in like a stressful home situation, whether they're like teenagers with stressful parents or parents with stressful teenagers or stressful <laughs> stressful partners, you know. Yes. Um like how how can people work through emotions in isolation, I guess. Yeah. What are some yeah. tips you might have and what are some of the emotions that people might that might come up and be challenging in this time for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think some of the emotions, right. There can be, um, a big sense of helplessness and powerlessness, mm-hmm. which anger can come and cover up. Um, anger can be what's called a secondary emotion. So often anger can be, um, kind of on the surface level, and if we dive a bit deeper, there might be a sense of fear, of sadness, of helplessness underneath anger. So just acknowledging, oh, like I I usually ask, you know, we validate the anger first, we explore what it has to say. Um, So again, Katina, that could be written, that could be written like, anger, if I let you have a voice right now, what would you say? Mm. Or go in your car, if you have a car, or go in a private space in your house, and what are all of the perhaps nasty, awful, if you want to use those those words, things that my anger wants to say. Like my anger wants to lose a whole bunch of swear words and it wants to name call my partner or it wants to name call someone else in my house. That's okay because you're doing it in a in a private and an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. That's how you can move your anger without yelling at your child, right? That's not appropriate. But yelling is a really beautiful way for the body to move big emotions. So if I'm not, if I'm choosing not to yell at someone, then I need to make a choice to still move the yelling energy. 
So I'm going to go get my pillow and I'm going to scream into my pillow and I'm going to maybe tell my family members, hey, I'm going to go upstairs and yell and it might be loud and it might be a little spooky at first. You'll be okay. <laughs> right? Like, or we go into the car and we do it. Yeah. Um, the other one was like not having um, movement practices that might be go-tos for some people because I know like the gym or yoga or um, anything of that nature can be really... Um, there's a lot of research showing like how much that can move symptoms of anxiety and how much that can move symptoms of depression. Hmm. So I'll offer um, like medicine ball slams. So if you just YouTube medicine ball slams, it's a like workout exercise. I'm familiar with <laughs> but, the medicine ball slam. Yeah, but I add the layer of like, I, now I'm consciously going to connect with an emotion and I'm going to slam it out. Oh, nice. So I'm going to take a really big inhale when I lift that medicine ball, and when I slam it into the ground, I'm going to imagine that my exhale, my really strong out breath, is where I'm moving that emotion. So if it's anger, if it's irritation, if it's um, that helplessness feeling, right? Weight lifting and, and weight training can be a really great way for that helpless feeling to move. Um I know there's a lot of people that have been sharing and posting about like what is within our control. Hmm. So for some of us that can be helpful if you're more of like a cognitive learner, that might be a really helpful strategy. Like literally make out a list. What can I control? What hmm. is not, what is outside of my control? Like literally write it down for you personally. Um, and then the fear, right? Like fear is big right now for, for a lot of us. Um, fear can, kind of put us into freeze response in the nervous system, um, which can feel like shutting down, which can feel like depression, which can feel like I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I don't, I think each person needs to trust their body and their wisdom to know how long is it healthy for them to be in freeze response. Mm. Because I think there's a certain healthiness to letting our nervous system be in its natural response without trying to force ourselves into movement or creativity or like getting through this. Um, I think each person needs to tune in to like actually know today's a day I need to stay in bed because that's what my body is needing today. Mm. Um, and, and again, that's not appropriate for everyone. And a lot of the clients I work with are, are, um, quite highly functioning individuals. So, you know, when I offer something like that, there's a fear. There's a fear of like, well, Briar, if I, if I let myself stay in bed today, like, won't it just keep going? Like, will I ever get up? Mm. Yes. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Because you have your to, natural tendency yeah. is to be very highly functioning. Yeah, you're going to feel right? your way out. Mm -hmm. You fought your yeah. way in, you're going to feel your way out. Totally. Mm. Um. Are there any other emotions that I might be missing that, that you have been hearing with who you've been talking with or you've been feeling? Hmm. Good question. Tina? I'm emotionless. I feel nothing. So I'm going to pass this over to Tina. But I've been, but I've been working on it. <laughs> yeah. I think you covered everything. I mean, okay. there's also, I mean, I think both Zach and I at times have also felt you know, the other side of the spectrum, we're more like mm -hmm. content or at ease and relaxed. And totally. there's just been that like, you know, 
all the fear and the seriousness aside, this is a time of, it's kind of a gift in a way where, you know, a lot of responsibilities and normal day-to-day things are just not an option. And so it's like, what can we do with that time? How can we be intentional um, in using it for, for other things. Um, so that's been, you know, but those, those emotions are a little bit easier to navigate because, you know, if you're feeling content and great and healthy and all that other sort of stuff, then you you just go with it, right? Like you can uh, appreciate it, like recognize it and appreciate it. Um, but it's, I don't know. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't require the same kind of like thought process and working through it right. than, you know, being afraid or hopeless right. or, you know, that sort of thing. I, I feel like I've kind of been um, struggling with the stillness. That's That's been a bit of a struggle. Like because I would find things to do in the evening, like go to a bar and drink a beer and do some, tell some jokes or listen to music yeah. or watch a sport. I don't really watch a lot of sports, but you know, you go to a bar and you're just chatting with somebody and you just glance at the TV now and then and just pass the time. Yeah. But now being at home and if my day, if there's a lot of heavy reading or a lot of computer work during the yeah. day, I don't want to come home and read a book because my brain is, <laughs> I need something different. Totally. But I, I also feel almost guilty about just turning on a movie and just, killing time that way because I go, I say to myself, like, I'm not, I have the opportunity maybe to go to bed, but I'm not tired. Okay. I'm not, yeah. what am I going to do? I don't want to go for a walk. Cause I went ran for a run this morning and I'm tired that way. Like I'm having to like the Rubik's cube of tired. I'm tired mentally. Yeah. I'm tired physically. I'm tired emotionally, but I'm not sleepy. Yeah, <laughs> what totally. do I, so I what do I do? <laughs> I yeah. eat. That's what I do. I eat. <laughs> often one of our coping strategies, right? For a lot of us, eating or not eating mm-hmm. or our eating behaviors can be one of our coping strategies. You know, whether it's been a helpful or a healthy coping strategy, that's for each person to decide. Yeah. Um, you know, depending on our, our background and where we're at medically and things like that. And it's still a coping strategy, just like so is zoning out to a movie just Mm -hmm. like so is going for a run right like Mm -hmm. they're all coping strategies and and I think the one of the the words that you use there sack of guilt that's actually been a really big emotion that's come up especially with the folks I've been working with um in what way there's a lot of guilt around enjoying moments Mm. of happiness or lightness Mm. oh in all this no I'm I'm all of this I'm trying, so I work in a church, right? I'm a pastor. And when we're communicating with the community of people, we like, I really want to acknowledge like, this is a hard time where like, I think there are, there's that sort of Christian religious side where everything's okay all the time because God's got it. Right. And, And that's sort of one way that people cope with the, struggles of the world like even though we're struggling we can still have joy because god's got it and i think for some people that's really just like trite and dismissive so um from the get-go i've kind of been talking to folks like this is a i use the word weird or strange this is a weird time because it's just weird and we don't it is 
we haven't normalized it yet and we don't want to normalize it because we want to be out of pandemic mode. But uh, just really acknowledging that this is really hard. Um, But then also in talking with our team and talking with the staff saying like, guys, we need to also be, I think, looking for moments of levity and trying to help people recognize that like it's okay like the, the one thing that's that i noticed that's sort of an interesting cultural observation is like the really commonplace people go to laugh and feel lighthearted would be to like late night television clips on youtube uh-huh. jimmy fallon jimmy kimmel john oliver uh stephen colbert these guys are ellen is another one where there's like comical goofiness happening. It's and it's always silly. It's always kind of frivolous. It's like how uh-huh. how spicy a thing can you eat and not freak out? Like, yes. <laughs> but all of those guys have been kind of like plopped into their backyards or into a other studio, and it's not the same thing. There's no audience there laughing along, helping us to let our laughter out. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a comedian yesterday and he was saying like all of our shows are canceled and but some guys have gone to like webcam shows but even that is like such a different mode yes. of of finding laughter. Yes. And so I'm trying to like I'm trying to find with our team like how can we be the guys who are you know, we're like, like there's people in our congregation with COVID. There's, uh, we've had to do a funeral in the last two weeks at like yeah. a social distancing funeral. Yeah. Um, and there's, there, we know there's more funerals coming and it's yeah. like now you can't have people more, you can't have more than five people. Well, that's like a really sad yeah. event. Like you can't, you can't be there for the death of your grandmother or the like a loved one. It's very sad. Yes. But in the midst of all that, when you're at home with your kids, can you play games and have fun and laugh and make memories in this where um, we can be lighthearted? So, yeah, I, I, I feel like I talked for a long time, but you were talking about the guilt of people feeling uh, any kind of happiness or enjoyment in this yeah. time. But Yeah, and I think, again, if we zoom out the lens like we did earlier... I believe, like, what I want for myself is I want to be able to navigate that whole spectrum of human emotion mm-hmm. as easily as possible. I want to be able to feel things deeply and truly and in the time limit that each feeling has for mm. me. <laughs> like, for each unique time that feeling comes up. So... I think sometimes when there's these beliefs that like, oh, I'm supposed to be feeling this right now or a grief is a big one. A lot of people think, oh, grief is supposed to be done by a certain point. No, yeah. like there's no, that's not how these things work, right? And what we're also talking about and what I think what you're speaking to, Zach, is allowing ourselves full permission to be with our experience. If our experience is, is creating joy in us, feel it. Feel the joy in your body. Like, what does that feel like? Is it a lightness in your heart? Is it a tear in your eye? Is it laughter in your belly? You know, and if our experience is creating grief or anger or frustration, okay, feel that too. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, I believe, you know, one of our biggest opportunities being a human 
is allowing ourselves to move through these different states. Um, and I think if I could introduce like one concept, I know, how are we doing on time? Is this, are we okay? Um, well, we're, Tina and I have been silently trying to communicate about that. And I think, uh, I'll say this is a very engaging conversation and also very helpful. So, um, let's keep going. And if we have to okay. turn it into two segments, we will, but, Perfect. uh, yeah, we're doing great. So if you're okay. good for time, we're good for time. We, okay. we got nowhere to be. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I will introduce one thing and I'm, I just want to be really respectful and really mindful of, um, the work that you do and how valuable I think it is and, and the role that religion and spiritual practices and teachings can have in our life, right? Because what a beautiful way to connect with community. What mm-hmm. a beautiful way to um, deepen our own experience of being human. And there's this concept called spiritual bypass, which is where we use our own definition of spirituality, whatever that means, if it includes or excludes religion, however you define spirituality, mm-hmm. we're using it to bypass or, or or move over quickly some of our, like, humanity. Uh, yeah, right? I'm, I'm so, somewhat familiar with spiritual bypass, but keep okay. going, yeah. Yeah, so that idea of, like, oh, well, I'm not maybe going to let myself feel my fear right now because I'm trusting in my definition of God and, and God, like God's going to keep me safe. Okay. And check in, right? Is that, is that working for you? Is that Mm -hmm. honoring all of the different parts of you? Could it be both? Could there be a deep trust in your body and also a big fear? Like what if it was both? What if I was allowed to have a beautiful grounded spiritual faith and also, I was allowed to have these big, scary human emotions. <laughs> yeah, and, and I would, uh, just to add, like, the, the cor- maybe a corrective to spiritual bypass, from my perspective, would be, you know, the like, if we look at the Bible as kind of the main source in Christianity for where we're understanding human experiences of God from the past, it's like the Bible is filled with with people's full experiences of dread and fear and like yeah. I ju- I was just reading one the other day of like my my bones qu- tremble within me my soul yeah. my soul trembles within me and it's like so that's a serious and this is about like his enemies are coming so he's praying God come and vanquish me from my like save me from my enemies and you know to to name like my bones tremble within me and my soul is in distress but, yeah. But you're saying that to God. You're acknowledging the divine, mm-hmm. but you're acknowledging it from the fullness of who you are. And so it's mm-hmm. not like where people who say, well, look, see, so the Bible says to trust God. Yeah, but the Bible says to trust God in all of us, like in, in everything that we're going through. And so to, 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 to use that term spiritual bypass, mm-hmm. when you spiritually bypass the that real human experience that you're trying to bypass um it it actually doesn't allow you to connect with the living god it only allows you to connect with the idea of a god who acts in a pretend world where you don't feel these things Hmm. so we're talking i mean it's we could go deeper and deeper into that side of things but 
um, theologically speaking. But yeah, that's a really good one. And I think it comes up with like the silly answers where somebody's died and somebody approaches them at a funeral and says, oh, don't worry, uh, God has a plan or it's all part of yeah. God's plan. And it's like, well, that's not helpful. That's yeah. You're telling me to not feel sadness over the loss of yeah. whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that phrase in particular, when grief is involved, yeah. I would, I, I think that would be a great gift to each other if that phrase just wasn't on the table anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because we don't know what someone else's experience is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, how much more helpful to say, I can't even imagine what you're going through right now, or, you know, is there a way that I can help you, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And, and, and to, like, I'm having high school students ask me these days, like, um, is God real? Like, yeah. because there's sort of a, uh, because it's, because we're in a global thing right now, this seems like the kind of thing, if God is real, God should be dealing with because it's such a big deal. Mm. Why hasn't God just gotten rid of? COVID-19 or why hasn't God just given us the cure for COVID-19? Um, and that's a, that's a question that is, I think pointed toward like a genie type of God, yeah. uh, and not a God who is actually like with us in all of our suffering and all of our circumstances and, uh, has sort of empowered us with wisdom and, other things to get through things like this because let's remember we've also had the Spanish flu we also had the black plague we also had world wars like God is there is no genie in the sky who's going to snap his fingers and make everything okay like we are we're people who have to uh, live through this with God and not um, not have God come and swoop in and save us all from our problems and that's where people like you come in because when we have problems, we need we need people who can help us to navigate them, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and not just wish them away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I have to and, pee, so um, I'm going to leave you with Tina for a minute. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I'm probably getting up to that time limit too. <laughs> All right. Um, and Katina, actually, I would love to circle back to something that you were saying if that's okay yeah for sure um about like how you find in your experience or you're finding that you know it's easier for you at times to navigate like those those lighter maybe feelings of like contentment or enjoyment or those sorts of things um and like that's so beautiful and that's so amazing and and I just want to make sure that if there are folks that are listening and that's not their experience, like if they find it's actually really hard for them to be on that side of the emotional spectrum, um, that's also a normal response. For sure. Right? If, if our past has included a lot of trauma in particular, we get really good at navigating pain and heaviness and light, lighter or more pleasurable emotions or even sensations can feel threatening to us Hmm. right so I just wanted to make sure that I had said that for anyone out there that might have a different experience and to know that 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 is normal in its own way and 
there's no need to add extra judgment to yourself if that's your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're just creating, like we had kind of said at the beginning, we're just looking to create even more awareness around our emotions and, and what our emotional health needs. Mm-hmm. That's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Because it's it's the same as if you struggle with pain and fear and like you still have to find your own way to process that and be in tune with your own body any emotion yeah that's a really good yeah yeah and and, you know just to speak up for like I said any other listener that might be with us right now and and feel like their experience is different right like Mm -hmm. We all have different understandings of emotions, and we all have different lived experiences that impact our ability to navigate emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. How's that feeling? Does it feel complete? Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to cover? I, not from my part. Um, I think we could talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> And we'll ha- we will have to do this again in the coming, uh, maybe in the coming weeks or months, if you're available and we're available. Um, yes, I would love that. It'd be great to have you back on uh, on the show a few times, and thank you. Uh, you'll be our resident expert on this kind of stuff. <laughs> Briar, think about next time we talk. Help us. Uh, you can help us both deal with how to deal with failure. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's an amazing topic. Oh, think man. about some pieces for us to to chew on there. That's a big one. Th- oh thanks so much one. for your time. Thanks so much for being oh, on you're here. You're so welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's been like really nice to hear both of your voices after all this time. It's lovely. Yeah. Likewise. Okay. Well, take care and thank you again. Thanks, yes. Briar. Bye. Bye. She's a pro. We cover a lot. That was like. Very helpful for me also. <laughs> I know that... Uh, <sighs> What'd you get out of it? I think just that reminder of um, identifying, um, recognizing what I'm feeling, and but adding that piece of, like, how, how do I need to move that energy? Mm. That's, you know... What does that feel like? How do I, do I need to go scream in the car? Do I need to journal? When she was talking about where do you feel it in your body? When she's talking about joy, I was like, I think I feel joy in my butt. Why? I like to shake it, shake my butt around when I feel happy. Yeah, dancing. Uh, I don't know what that is. I wonder if that's a, I know the butt is, it moves a lot in different ways all over the world. People move their butts. What's up with the butt? What's the emotion? It's like the seat of emotion, maybe. That could be a whole documentary. <laughs> a whole documentary about <laughs> what, do, what do you feel in your butt? <laughs> <laughs> the butt, a complex thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, nothing more from me. Me neither. That was, that was pretty amazing. I'm going to go shave my neck. All right. What are you going to do? Um, probably shower, have another coffee. Oh, I'd love another coffee. All right, let's do it. Well, we hope uh, we hope whoever's listening that you're safe, that you're doing well, that you're working through your emotions, that you're finding healthy ways to exercise those emotions, mm-hmm. and um, that you feel like you have someone you can call or reach out to 
if you need to. And uh, if it needs to be us, give it a shot. We'll talk to you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.